0: Hey, it's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Keeping an eye on issues in the state of Texas, and in a late-breaking story now, board members, some of the board members resigned from uh, the Texas electric grid operator, uh, ERCOT, the Electric Reliability Council of Texas, After the debacle that has played out in the recent days uh, and the ridiculous, ridiculous bills that were sent uh, to some Texas residents. uh, One man having $16,000 withdrawn from his bank account uh exorbitantly high electric bills. Uh, some of you talked about a stop loss component to this. There are good sides and bad sides to this. The good is that there has been, you know, management of an independent system within Texas uh, that is certainly good, especially as our nation's largest energy producer as a state. But there was nothing in place for the inevitable. Or the unplanned, and it's not that you can plan for all of that. But what were the decisions being made? Who were making the decisions? Was this automatic? We still don't have all the answers. Uh, joined now by Briscoe Cain, uh, representative from Texas's 128th uh, district. Uh, Briscoe, thanks for coming back. Howdy,
1: David. Man, yes, it was. Uh, it was a wild thing in Texas. In fact, I'll tell you this year alone my my boys got to go sledding twice meaning it snowed enough twice it, that never happens i've never seen such amount of snow but uh towards our issues of our electric grid there's a lot of problems and answers are still forthcoming there's not a single you know entity to blame the government's to blame and past actions are to blame and 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 of course uh the left is trying to say that renewable energy had nothing to do with it of course it does because subsidies Mess with the market, and so traditional energy um, producers have been pushed out of the market. That are more reliable and that create more reserve power, so that when things happen, we have enough reserves on the grid to to make up for it. Now, you know, you mentioned uh, a man having a sixteen thousand dollar bill, or whatever you you had mentioned. Um, Somebody you know that that ninety uh, nine percent of people are paying market rate. About one percent have chosen to have a variable rate, where they're using an app and they're choosing to go with how the market may fluctuate right instead of being a set price and it, you know it gosh it's tough to do it but i mean they kind of chose it now and i realized maybe we need to put a limit on that i mean heck uh, the stock market when it goes crazy they have things that that say whoa whoa whoa, stop stop trading it's you know it's out of control um but who knows what the answer is i'll tell you the, the texas legislature on the 25th will be having hearings with ericont and our public utilities commission and those guys will be, will be getting grilled and we will be getting to the bottom of it. However, I do want to remind Texans and, and just people that think about politics that we've got to be able to chew gum and walk at the same time, that there is a disaster, but we can't allow that to take up all the time in the legislatures, regardless yeah. of where you are. And I know people at home are probably thinking the same. And when something really big comes up, all of a sudden uh, the pro-life things or, or the defense of our right to bear arms and, and reigning government spending takes a back seat. And the people didn't send us up here not to get those things done as well.
0: Yeah, no, you have to, you do have to get a lot done, and uh, in the Texas House, you're going to be busy this year. There's a lot of issues on the table, some of which you just mentioned. Uh, you know, the point of a trigger or a stop loss, like the market, the variable rate risk is the variable rate risk, but there needs to be a point at which it stops. You know, that I, I think yeah, yeah. fair people can say that going from a fifty-dollar bill to a sixteen-thousand-dollar bill is beyond the pale.
1: And it was never anticipated, uh, not to mention the loss of life uh, at the very heart of it, right? I mean, we can about bills, but for a while we were, in, we were in triage. You know, we were trying to stop people from freezing to death, and, and it happened, and it's sad, it's disgusting, and there were a lot of failures. There's plenty of blame to go around. Um, I'll take well, mine there also know, needs yeah, the to be plenty sessions. of
0: solutions, Briscoe, you know and, yeah. and I understand this like the Public Utilities Commission, aircot, other provider entities, other people that are involved in this, the energy committee, right? okay, you've got an energy resource committee in in the in the house uh, they need to be involved in this and you're talking about the hearings. Uh, former state yeah, rep Jason Isaac here. was here yesterday yeah. and he'll be back on Friday. he's
1: following this oh, closely he's a
0: former member.
1: I'm sorry I missed that interview. Jason Isaac knows his stuff. If you have him on again, he knows his stuff. And there's one thing I hope we do though, is it's a great opportunity to, you know, do some things to our grid, but also securing the grid, securing our grid and making it safe from cyber attack, making it, you know, protected from EMP attack, which would knock the grid out. Right. These are great opportunities to fix more than just weatherization and winterization and making sure we have enough reserves on the market. Uh, 100%. However, there are a lot of other things we need to do. You know, the Freedom Caucus has um, our priorities out on our website. It's freedomfortexas.com. You can see some of those things. One of the things I hope we do really, really needs to be done is to end taxpayer funded lobbying happens all across the country. And Texas is hoping to try and be the first to end it. So we don't realize their, their school boards and their cities and all these local government entities pay money into associations that hire lobbyists and come to the legislatures across the country to lobby. Now, does anybody actually think any of the taxpayers who think that their money's being used to hire lobbyists are actually advocating for the taxpayer? Of course not. So
0: well, Look, there's a lot of thing things that need to be fixed at the state level, which is why, you know, you're back here and why a lot of other legislators will be even more prominent on this show in in the form of the numbers. You know, we're, we're going to make sure we keep that fight where it needs to be. There are other issues on the table in, in Texas and, You know, one of those things is, of course, the issue, we talked about it before, of uh, carrying guns at the Capitol, the right to carry. Uh, Where does that issue stand right now? Has there been any movement on it?
1: Uh, You can 100% carry at the Capitol. I'm carrying right now. Um, I I was recently quoted saying that there are actually more guns in my office than there are people, and it's true. So uh, the Texas Capitol may be unique in that. If you don't want to go through the metal detectors, your license to carry is actually a way to bypass those. And so uh, hopefully it continues to remain a safe space, right? Not, not one of those gun-free, dangerous victim spaces, but right now the capital is a safe space, and I think as long as we continue to, to be there. However, we need to go in the right direction on firearms freedom. Uh, Texas is one of the few remaining states that people call red that still has not passed a bill to create what some call constitutional carry but um, unlicensed carry whereby you know pe- the Constitution is the people's license and they don't need to ask the government for permission whether they want to defend themselves yeah and
0: Indiana just making steps in that direction that news breaking yesterday let's let's talk about a big one in Texas illegal immigration. And, you know, here we have an administration that's changed the rules, uh, reversed the prior actions, defunded beds in the sense of removing the funding, which is, in effect, catch and release program, another part of the catch and release program, Uh, Texas Obviously, not only with the border to the south, but as a state with major airports, major points of entry, uh, has a lot to deal with with illegal immigration, including visa overstays. It's an international state, especially when you get to the energy industry in Houston, for example. So, what is what is going on in the state house to counter the Biden-Harris immigration approach?
1: Well, the, similar to what we had to do under the Obama administration, the state began to have to spend its own money to up um, border security things and, and, and uh, making sure that we're cleaning out debris along that river. With, it's called the Carrizo Cane Eradication Program. Right now there's a, a cane. called Carrizo Cane. It looks a lot like bamboo. It gets so thick that you can't see people down there. We're to continue to clean that up um and and using drones and cameras and other detection systems where they make sense along the border uh there's also ways for us to actually install forms of border walls uh in the form of uh, flood prevention right it's just it's to stop the flooding down there but of course you just can't climb over it so we got to continue to look at doing things like that uh under trump administration we were able to cut some of our budget spending on that because the feds were doing their job and it sounds like we're going to have to Cough up the money and start doing it again and, and, and putting more troopers down there on the border to deter it. Uh, it, it is a, a flood. Uh, they often estimate, you know, they'll, they'll give us a reports that, you know, they'll catch a, a thousand people. They've apprehended it, you know, down at the border, of the Texas border. And then behind the scenes, they'll tell us for every one they believe they catch, two are getting through. I mean, this, this is a flood. It, it is unsustainable just for the taxpayers, uh, it, it's expensive. And uh, there's, there's got to be a right way to do it, and we need to make sure we're doing that right way. And the people, look, elections have consequences, and hopefully we can, we can come back from this. Hopefully the midterms will maybe allow us to bring back the U.S. House and at least slow some of these things down.
0: All right, let's talk about education. Uh, the, the, the science is in. As you know and the fall of the science crowd on kids going back to school uh, will put aside college students for the moment but deal with the K through 12 issue. Uh, children are not super spreaders. They are not. not. They are the lowest uh, percentage of victims, which is infinitesimally low uh, to COVID-19 or the variants, which are weaker variants for that matter. That doesn't get talked about a lot in the news. And there are other issues besides COVID when children are not back in school. Where is Texas now on getting our kids back in school?
1: Uh, we're pushing it. One of the things that's in our way right now, and that comes, this could be helped by guys like you and, and, and uh, you know, the media, at least the honest media telling the truth about how children are not super spreaders. Uh, I've seen some studies on a lot of parents, good intention, they don't know any better. They're afraid to send their kids back to school, We have give them the option and they're choosing to keep their kids at home. So the schools are ready and open to take them, but they don't want to send their kid there because they think their kid's going to catch this thing and, and spread it everywhere. And, and you and I know, uh, the, the odds of that for a child and the death rate for children is, is so extremely low. I mean, if you if your child has, you know, some kind of pre-existing condition that would open them up to this, okay, don't send them, but they're, we are walking around in fear. Our whole nation is walking around this fear of, of a boogeyman that is, is, yeah, it's, it's a bad disease, but as you were saying, it's, it can be dealt with, and there's ways to handle it. We, we can't continue to isolate. I, I'm curious. I was wondering if we were going to see a COVID spike after the freeze in Texas because everybody was isolated. Because in other areas, when they did lockdowns, you, we, you and I both know what happened. And uh, here we are doing it again. But, yeah, kids need to get back in school. It's it's a lot safer for them now. I can't sp- I have to speak for myself. We, we are, we're homeschoolers. So we have continue to do that. And we've, we've always homeschooled just because we believe for us, at least uh, if you have the opportunity to direct it, Your children's education, uh, a power that I believe that God gave to man and to the parents.
0: Well, we've got a lot on the table, Briscoe, and you're, you know, involved with the Freedom for Texas, uh, the Freedom Caucus, the Texas Freedom Caucus, right? Let me get that name right. A lot of good issues there that need to be dealt with. These are issues that matter to not the special interest groups for the people. The people that have to go to work every day, that have to do the job of keeping the state running. And, the, and I'm not just talking about blue collar. I don't care what collar you work or you wear to work. Uh, this is about uh, how people function in our society. Uh, the things that are challenging us are coming mostly from the federal government right now. But you're also dealing with another issue. And in Texas, there's been a movement to make Texas blue. And in some areas, they've managed to actually make it more purple. Look, I remember the 90s in Texas. Austin was a fun city, but it wasn't the city it is now from a, call it political and cultural uh, point of view. Other parts of other major cities going even more blue. And then you have the influx of the liberal refugees from California, from other states. So, you know... That's a battle in Texas, and it can't be ignored and fought during the election cycle. So what are you and your your Freedom Caucus members, uh, your community, what are they doing to combat this liberal influx?
1: Well, we have to to certainly stand up for the feds. And one thing that's kind of becoming apparent in recent weeks is people need to stop thinking that the, the courts are our saviors. Uh, we, we always kind of put our faith in these these nine uh, you know, unelected people in black robes. Uh, you know I, I'm thankful for, for guys like Justice Thomas, but uh, it, it's, it's up to the people and the people who have delegated their lawmaking power to the legislatures to stand up to the feds and say, no, that we're not going to do it. Um, oftentimes, under what we call the non-coercion doctrine, it means that the federal government can't tell the states what to do. They can just dangle money in front of our faces. And it's going to be up to people to voice their concerns and say, don't take the money. That's a trick. That's how we're going to fundamentally change your state by, by forcing you to do things uh, under these you know, federal regulations that, that are bad for taxpayers and bad for people. And at the end of the day, bad for freedom. The initial role of government until we started whatever changing our style was that, that we're supposed to protect liberty. We put liberty first. And we need to restore those traditional values and uh, side with freedom over funding. Yeah. And when those risks
0: happen, which they do, and you get the rewards, it's great. And when something goes wrong, when it comes to freedom, the great thing about it is there's another word, opportunity, the opportunity to reset and pick yourself up by the bootstraps in Texas, cowboy bootstraps, if you will, and, uh, you know, go out and make things work again or at least have that shot. Briscoe, thanks for joining me. We've got a long way to go and a lot of fight.
1: God bless you, Webb.
0: Thank you. Briscoe Kane, Texas, 128. And as I said, uh, I mentioned Jason Isaac, former state rep, who joined me yesterday. He'll be back on Friday following the hearings that are underway in the Texas State House. 866 95 Patriot 957 2874. I'll be right back. You can join me live on the David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon East on Sirius XM Patriot 125.